Hello and welcome back to the Story Analysis Podcast. My name is Lydia and I am here today with my co-host Ashley. And we are here to talk about two movies that we've seen semi-recently. What nothing to do with each other. <laughs> as is, per usual. It, well, I mean, they're both mysteries, I guess, kind of. I guess, yeah. The Glass Onion, a.k.a. Knives Out 2, um, and Amsterdam. Which one would you like to discuss first? Uh, you can decide on that. Oh boy. Well, let's talk about Amsterdam first. We watched that one first, so that's the fuzziest in my mind. I was going to say, I, I probably have the least to say about that one. I, I feel like I do too. I liked it. Did you like it? It's hard to say. I, there, there need to be more adjectives to describe like How the range of liking something because <laughs> like seems like a strong word yeah like implies i want to watch it again uh, like implies i would tell others to watch it got it i don't feel that way about it <laughs> um it was okay mm-hmm. i've I, see i feel it like was weird as hell <laughs> it was really weird i i it almost felt to me now, I have to use this sparingly because I've only, like, seen, like, one and a half of these movies. But the vibes were towing the line of, like, Wes Andersonism y in movies to mm. me. I don't know if I've ever seen it. Like, it's just, like, it wasn't quite that weird and that stylized. But there was an element mm-hmm. of that, like, this is a slightly alternative feeling reality while you're watching it. Yeah. That you're just kind of supposed to go with. Yeah. And it, it adds a quirkiness to it, I guess. Quirky is the word, yeah. There was a lot of quirkiness. I don't don't even know. Okay, we should probably talk about what it's about. Oh, sure, sure. (laughs) If we can remember. Exactly. Um, Well, I felt kind of lost watching it, which I feel like is a discredit to the movie. Um, But we had Christian Bale in a rather zany role. He was my favorite part. I I thought he knocked it out of the park. He was I, great. I loved Christian Bale in this role. I think that's why I ultimately enjoyed mm-hmm. it, even though I was struggling the whole time mm-hmm. to be like, what's going on, you know, etc. I thought he was a very lovable, very odd character, yeah. and Christian Bale's just a good actor. He just glommed right onto it. Yeah. And he was like, absolutely. <laughs> I will be this eccentric yep. man. I will change the way that I walk. I will change the way that I stand. His <laughs> speech patterns and his accent, everything. Mm-hmm. It was all there. Um, so this is pre-World War One, Like, where the movie... Not where the movie starts, but, like, technically where his story starts is before World War One. Was it World War One or Two? I can't... One. One. Okay, I couldn't remember. And his in-laws hate him. I don't, I don't really remember why. Was it... Racism, or just because he was poor? There's a lot of underlying racism in this movie. Yeah. Um, I I think he was also poor, so maybe that was it. Um, Not sure why they let her marry him then. Um, (laughs) But they were like, you're going to go to war. Yes. And he was like, I don't want to. And they were like, too bad. Well, you're going (laughs) to. And so he goes to fight in World War I. Poor man. And uh, I think that's where he meets his... Friend. friend. Yes, it was. Harold, was that his name? Harold, yeah. I loved Harold, too. Um, who's also fighting for mm-hmm. the U.S.? Yes, yeah. Yes, because they were making them wear the French people's uniforms because of racism, because he was a black man in the army. Okay. 
And they were like, we're not going to claim you. And then Christian Barrett's character was like, that's stupid. And he was actually, like, kind to him. And I think they served together from that point on. Well, you get grasped a lot more than that. <laughs> um, and while they're there, they're injured. Yes. And they meet this nurse, who is Margot Margo Robbie. Margot Robbie? Okay, yeah. And she's also eccentric, because why wouldn't she she's be? She's like an artist. She's an artist, but she builds, she makes art out of the shrapnel that she digs out of soldiers' bodies. Yes. Which was, uh, okay. Looked down upon by most people. As it should be. <laughs> um, Ashley. I just feel like, here's the thing, okay, when you get, like, down to the nitty gritty of, like, this is the weird art that she makes out of this. Yeah. It's a weird, unnecessary detail that just kind of. Makes her a manic pixie dream yes, girl a little but bit. But also, like, I felt that way about the whole way the story was told. Like, mm. the fact you just gave about the French uniform. Yeah. It's like, you've made this so convoluted. Yes, there's a lot that of I weird details. I couldn't even grasp that. And, like, that probably really happened. That's probably a true fact. Yeah. Probably something that went on during World War One. Mm-hmm. But it shouldn't have just escaped me, I feel like. Am I wrong in thinking it was a lot of people just talking it's a lot of talking it's a lot of talking yes and i don't do well probably to an extent that it's like more than realistic you know where it's like we're monologuing now yeah and i do think christian bale is narrating the story as As well well as being the main character yeah so it's (laughs) bizarre where we actually start the movie is he's like an eccentric doctor Yes. In Boston or New York, I don't know. Yeah, like East Coast serving City. veterans, medicating the crap out of them, doing experiments with and drugs. And there's drugs and all that. And uh, <coughs> their, one of their superior officers mm. winds up dead. Yes. And his daughter is like, somebody killed him. Yes. And his daughter is Taylor Swift. His daughter is Taylor Swift. And she's like, I want you to figure out what happened to him. Mm-hmm. And then meet me here at this time. And we'll discuss it further. I don't remember. Yeah. And they get there, and she's, like, dodging. She's like, nope, mm, I'm out. And she, like, dips out the back door, and they're, like, running after her, and then, boom, she's dead. She's just by a car, right? She, well, yeah, mm. but it was weird, and she was very obviously shoved into traffic. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, and I think they saw who did it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Christian Bale, I forget his character's name, and his friend. <laughs> I have it pulled up here somewhere. Um, they see who it was. And, um... Bert. Bert, <laughs> Never yes. would have remembered that. It was Bert. Bert. <laughs> um, so, like, the story goes on... Well, I think they... I don't remember... I don't think they come across the nurse at that point. But, like, that's where the movie starts. And then you go back and you find out this was how they met. Yes. And had, had all of their fun times in Amsterdam. Mm-hmm. Which is the, thus the title of the movie, I guess. That yeah, was kind of weird. Um... And so, thus begins this long, drawn-out story of them trying to figure out who killed, killed this, this guy. Killed dad, yeah. <laughs> who was their superior officer and they looked up to. Oh, that's right. I forgot um, that detail. <laughs> yeah. And so he was their friend, basically. Mm-hmm. And so then, it ultimately, just to give away the whole movie, uncovers this deeply rooted conspiracy... Yeah. For World War Two, that yeah. like the build up for that because there's are like followers of Hitler and M- Mus- yeah. Mussolini. Yeah, yeah, Mussolini. Um, that's 
right. And that's the movie. It is very <laughs> convoluted, and it's kind of hard to follow. The the del- One of the delights of this movie, which is why I think people like it, is it is an all-star cast to a bizarre extreme. Like Taylor Swift's there. Yeah. Like, it's all like of a sudden, dream. every half a second, you're like, oh, there's another one of my friends because of my parasocial relationship with celebrities and it's like people you would not expect to be acting together in this movie yeah like taylor swift's a prime example of just like and another famous person Mm -hmm. um rami malik and anya taylor joy are there they're a couple they're bad bad news bears Mm -hmm. but you don't know that right away rami's the brother of margot robbie yep um Robert De Niro shows up. <laughs> shows up. It's a lot. <coughs> it's a lot. Um, I mean, that's a very sloppy description of what happens. Well, it just it feels like you go from the beginning and you jump straight to the end. But, like, I don't really know how else to tell There's it. There's so it's many just... twists and turns as you go along. And you're just kind of on for the ride. Yeah. It's two and a half hours of talking and talking and talking and talking. And um, semi-disturbing visuals, a little Tim Burtony at, at times. Sure. And um, I don't know why everybody hates Christian Bale. That's the movie that to was, me. That was like his wife hates him. That, that's our she sensitive souls coming hates out. Him so much. <laughs> but he loves her, and like that's the end of the movie. Is he goes back to her to, yeah. to work on their relationship, and it's just like, honey, do better. Do better. That's what his, his friends are telling him the whole time. Burt, come on. She's a piece of work. Move on. Oh, gosh. She's awful. Yeah, no, I agree. There was a... And I don't know that it... I didn't feel like it was to the extent where it was played for comedy, necessarily, because that always really bothers me. No. You have a character that's bullied and it's played for comedy. Well, that's worse, sure, but it was just played in this, like, realistic manner. Like, well, they hate him. Yeah. And it was like, that's not okay. And your wife's ashamed of you, but also still really possessive of you. And, uh, and they had the romance between yes. Harold, right? Harold, yeah. And Margot Mar- Robbie's, Robbie's character. I don't know, it's not showing up on the IMDb <laughs> search either. Um, which was kind of cute. I kind of liked that okay. Yeah, I liked And that it too. was, I don't know, you like the forbidden romance because they're not allowed to be a couple. Yeah, back then. In. Uh, the U.S. at least, and maybe anywhere. Yeah. Um, so it was kind of romantic, mm-hmm. but they were kind of sweet. Well, yeah, their whole story was like they were allowed to be a couple in Amsterdam. Yeah. And but they both felt like, or I don't know, some Bert and Harold felt like they had unfinished business back right. in the states. Well, and his Bert's wife was there, which was the big draw for him, and yeah. that's where I didn't like that part of the movie. Yeah. It's like, why was she Endgame? <laughs> Yeah. She was so terrible, he could have been much happier just living on his own in Amsterdam yeah, with his, his friends. friends. Exactly. And he was. I mean, we saw that. Yeah. Like, he was a happier guy. So, I don't know, it was weird. And then... Well, I, I think, think the, the reason it was weird is because it was meant to be this conspiracy being uncovered yeah. about the bad people behind everything that happened yeah. in World War Two. And it was like, that was supposed to be the exciting part. But we were like, why does everyone hate Bert? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we focused on the wrong thing. We did. We were like, wait a second. Hold on. Be nice Christian to him. Bale is a gift. <laughs> you be nice to him. <laughs> oh, man. That's probably true. Yeah. And then I remember them, like, 
the plot really kicks off when they're going to, like, Robert De Niro because they have a party that's coming up. Well, he plays, like, an American politician, right? Well, it's all based on, like, a true story, I think. That That's really happened. Or parts of it did. I think yeah. that's how the movie opens. And this, you know, like, American general that they were hoping would... I don't know. It kind of felt like they made this movie in a response to the January 6th riot. So mm. I'm not sure if that's true or if it was a weird coincidence. Sure. But that's what it felt like to me. Like, this has happened in their history before. Mm. And they were trying to get this general to basically, like, take the presidency or mm-hmm. get the American people to follow him and not the president. And this general is like, hey, I was approached with this scheme, and it's bullcrap, and I'm not going to do it. And mm-hmm. that, that all happens at the end of the movie at yeah. this big party. Right. And they're trying to, like, kill him, I think, then. Someone tries to shoot him because there's Nazis hiding. And mm-hmm. you find out that Rami Malek and Anya Taylor-Joy are little Nazi sympathizers. Mm-hmm. And they've been drugging their sister and, you yeah. know, all this stuff. But like I said, it was kind of like... Okay, like, I think I understand what's happening, but it's a little... (laughs) I just, when, when, okay, here's, here's my critique. Alright, for for what it's worth. Um, and this, I I feel like, is more than me just wanting the movie to be something else, Mm -hmm. but it's a little bit that. Um, if, if, if you want to write, like, a twisty-turvy... Political thriller, mm-hmm. like that's the point. That's what you're focusing on. Focus on that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah. I, we don't need to know about the manic pixie dream girl in Amsterdam who makes art out of the shrapnel that she pulls from the soldiers that she's helping. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Not important. Calm down. There's only so much room in my two and a half hour brain. Yeah. That can con- 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 you know for it to all be soaked in. Well, yeah. Tell me what's actually important. <laughs> it, it, it does make for a very ambling... I feel like a lot of historical fiction is this way, and I guess it's kind of what this was. Mm-hmm. But, like, it was very much like an ambling, and then this happened, and then this happened, yeah. and then this happened kind of a story. Well, and then so like, then when you get two-thirds of the way through the story, and you're like, oh, yeah. this is a Nazi exactly. takeover America plot Whereas thing. we've, like, jumped timelines, and Taylor <laughs> Swift was here. And, <laughs> like... Why we, did we care about her? She died right away, mm-hmm. and I don't know. It just got a little, little, little crazy and hard to follow. And all that being said, I also feel like they tried to make characters that you would sympathize with to yeah. take the ride with. Yeah, and I appreciate that. Yeah, but I just kind of feel like it. It, it just it was a swing and a miss where it was like I didn't. I didn't quite do what you wanted me to. <laughs> It just felt a little long and yeah. slow for something that was so packed It should have been really fast-paced. Yes. And it, it was kind of, I don't know, it was just kind of odd. <laughs> that's really what it boils down to for me. And that's like, where, like I said, I, I didn't not like it. I should watch it again. Yeah. I would probably get it. If I watched it again. That's how I feel, but, like, do you want to sign up for two exactly. and a half hours? Exactly. It's just so long that I don't really want to watch it again. You know, and maybe it's just because they were both set in, like, past time periods, but I don't think it's just that. This movie felt so much to me like The Gentleman, which was a movie that I kind of liked, but you didn't really like. No memory of what happens in that movie. Yeah, you kind of tuned out, I think. It didn't. 
No, that was part of my frustration. Oh. <laughs> is that it was not in past in the past. It was like it just looked like it. They just dressed that way yeah. for no reason, yeah. and then it was like, no, actually, it's 2012. And it was yeah. like, excuse but, me. But almost it's something similar where it felt like it's just it's our world, but slightly not. <sighs> Kind of quirkily, so this was meant to be a different At time period. This was meant to be. <laughs> it was like, no, we just got sway. <laughs> Why? <laughs> we just dressed fancy. I don't know. There's just something similar about the movies to me, where I was like, I think I'm following them, and they were really long movies Perfect. that should have been fast paced, but kind of were slow. Yeah. And there was a lot of twists and turns that you're just like, I think I'm following, but I'm not really. Convinced I didn't miss something. <laughs> it just felt a little misleading when it was like, here are these characters you're supposed to care about. But actually, this movie is about the plot. Yeah, yeah. And it was end, like, yeah. We, we didn't really, I don't know. It felt like the characters' main motivations should have been more tied into the plot yeah. than they were. Like, they were. They, they wanted to do the right thing, right? Yeah. But still. In the, they yeah. all had their own personal motivations that also had spent screen time yeah. in the movie, so it was hard to focus on what you were supposed to focus on. Yeah. Well, and I think the stylistic thing, too, is that they were all, like, slightly humorous. Like, they were all just <clears throat> weird enough characters mm. where it was supposed to be, like, kind of funny. Yeah. Almost caricature characters. Yeah, right, right. And even if it wasn't funny, you know, like, mm. I don't, I don't know, Bert was kind of funny, but mm-hmm. I also don't find it funny that everybody hates him. Yeah. You know, right. and obviously his friends didn't. I think that's what made it tolerable. Mm-hmm. Like, his friends genuinely loved him. But, um, yeah, I don't know. Like I said, it was fun to see the all-star cast. Um, but yeah, they are all kind of exaggerated. Because even, like, Rami and Anya, then it's like, oh, they're Nazis and they're kind of crazy. And, like, everyone yeah. was just kind of crazy. Yeah. <laughs> like, I did okay. appreciate... Um, Anya Taylor Joy and Margot Robbie like hating each other. That was fun. They were funny. They were they were genuinely funny. <laughs> well, that's like, I would watch a humor. whole movie of that. <laughs> there was moments of humor throughout all of this, and yeah, one of it was her and her sister in law just <laughs> bickering. They were funny. <laughs> they leaned into that. It would have been a good little sideshow. Yes. Yes. Agreed. Yeah. I don't know. It was weird. It was like, what is the tone of this movie? I'm yeah. not really sure. I'm not sure. <clears throat> I think that's really what it was. It was, like, tonally kind of confusing. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. like I said, I I enjoyed it enough watching it. Yeah. But, yeah, do you want to sign up to watch it again? I don't know. Was it like, oh, so great, someone's got to watch this? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. You know? Like, know. it depends on the person, I guess, yeah. whether they'd enjoy it or not. I think Zach would like it. Has he seen it? No. I don't think he'd love it. He heard reviews and decided he didn't want to see it. Mm-hmm. So I see. Zach, come on. <laughs> Make up your own mind. Um, so, anything else to say? Or should we move on to the glass onion? I think onion? we can move on. I do as well. The glass onion, on the other hand. I think it's just glass onion. I adored. <laughs> it was... A Knives Out sequel, which I almost feel like you it's, just shouldn't even think in those terms. It is weird. It is weird to call it that. I think. It did not feel like Knives Out. No, to it me. felt like its own thing entirely. Yep. Mm-hmm. I mean, the only connection is the Benoit Blanc character. Yes. Um, but even that felt totally different. Yeah. Because. He was a little quirky in the first one, but like. He wasn't the main character in the first one. Nope. 
And in this one, he is for part of it. Yeah. Uh, and true. then he's not anymore. So, I don't know. It's yeah. just kind of strange. I, like but. I said, I really didn't feel like it felt like Knives Out one at all. No. And when I was watching it, my brain kept thinking of it as, like, number three of the new... What's her, what's her name? Agatha Christie movies. Oh, sure. Like... Like, that's where my brain was trying to file it. I'm yeah. like, this is a different detective. This is not... <laughs> Death on the Nile, Murder yeah. on the Orient Express, and Glass Onion. <laughs> it's a different time period. It's a different detective. That's not what we're doing. But, like, tonally, mm-hmm. that is what it felt like. Which I'm sure that's what they were going for. Well, yeah, and I... Agatha Christie I, I was curious, is the Benoit Blanc character from a book series or no anything idea. like that? Because it did feel like that. Yeah. And if they're just going to be like, oh, no, this is our movie detective character that we're going to yeah. put in a movie every two years now until Daniel Craig's sick of it. Mm-hmm. I'm fine with it. I'm fine with it. Me too. But I just wonder if it did originate from somewhere else, because that's yeah. what it felt like, like a Hercule Poirot. Yep. Like, that's what we're doing yep. now in this modern setting, and I really enjoy it. And they did call it, like, I don't know that they officially called it Knives Out too. I think they called it The Glass It onion, was a Knives Out story. A Knives a mystery. Out mystery. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, so if we're going to just use that as a blanket term for, like... A clue type. Oh, I loved him dunking on the game. Clue. That was great. <laughs> it's a nonsense so, game. <laughs> the premise. <laughs> I'm very bad at stupid things. <laughs> yeah. He's the best. Um, <clears throat> so the premise of this movie is that there are these like seven, I don't remember, ish friends who get together every year mm-hmm. and have a little reunion a la their very rich friend. Yes. And so the movie opens with them all getting their invitation. Mm-hmm. And you're going to go to his private island yep. and uh, solve his his murder is the premise because he wants to play a little game and do a murder mystery. Yep. Mm-hmm. So um, they all go to the island and for some reason Detective Blanc is invited. Yeah. And nobody invited him. They don't know how he got there. Mm-hmm. But he got a box too. That's what he says. Yep. So everybody gets there, and immediately there's, like, this one character. What's her name? Andy? Andy. Andy. I was going to say Andrea. <laughs> <laughs> That's the vibe. She gives off an Andrea vibe. Yes. Andy. <laughs> and everybody's, like, you know, a little... Weirded out little weird by her. Weirded out by her. The music changes every time she comes on screen. She's very mysterious. Mm-hmm. Nobody really knows what's going on with her. Mm-hmm. Um, one surprise that she's there, including the host. Yep. And, um, so then what does happen next? Well, they're just kind of hanging out in the house, getting to know each other. There's You're conversations going on. more about these yes. guests. Throughout the whole time of, like, current events and past events, mm-hmm. what's going on in each individual's lives, what their current motivations are. Yeah. And how they all came to be friends. And you see almost all of them are, like, striving for influence or power. Or, mm-hmm. like, Money. you see, yeah, like, that someone's trying to become elected in some kind of government. Yeah, she's, like, a... Catherine Hahn or whatever. Her, I don't know what her name is in the show. Yeah. Senator or Senator politician or governor. I don't know. But she's trying to get elected. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's the big guy who wants he's to a, have. He's he had a Twitch stream. Yeah. Now he's a. What's the word? Meninist. <laughs> Meninist, basically. Men's, Men's rights, rights activist. Yes. And, yes. Um, he wants to start like a news channel and stuff. 
Um, and then, with his girlfriend, Whiskey? With his, yeah, with his very young, 19-year-old-looking girlfriend named Whiskey. Um, he's living in his mom's basement. And uh, what else was there? There's the other scientist who, like, actually works with this rich guy. Um, and then there's... Well, there's Kate Hudson. Kate Hudson. Who's like an actress model. Yes. <laughs> That's her own who's also line. Who's playing Kate Hudson. <laughs> quite problematic. Yeah. <clears throat> More problematic than actual Kate Hudson, I hope. Mm. <laughs> it's like her her PR person is there. Like taking her phone away from trying her. Trying to edit everything that she does. Yep. Uh, <laughs> She's a gift. I can't remember if there's anybody else. There might be another character in not thinking of, but... Well, there is the guy who owns the house. Yes. Yep. The one who invited them all there. Mm -hmm. So you're getting to learn about them and their motivations and their connection to this guy who's rich and kind of funding them all in certain ways. He's supposed to be a genius. He built all of their invitations, supposedly, Mm -hmm. um, which were puzzle boxes. Mm Mm-hmm. And he's supposed to be a genius. Yep. Very rich. uh, Owns the Mona Lisa... That he got off the dark web of (laughs) buying the Mona Lisa. Yeah. (laughs) All these different things. Um, Is that... They have the murder mystery dinner, right? Well, they're going to. And then uh, Benoit solves it. Yes, right away. Before they actually have their dinner. Yep. (laughs) He's like, oh, obviously here, this is what it is. (laughs) He's like, it was this. And then... um, What's his name? Everyone's bummed out. Edward Norton. Ed, oh, yeah, Edward. Edward Norton is appalled that he just ruined the whole weekend. <laughs> yes. Here, let me let me look up the cast. Yeah, Miles. Whiskey. Miles. Miles. Yeah, oh, such a name. good name. Um, there's also random cameos in this movie, like Ethan Hawke's in, like, 30 seconds of it. That's right. I always forget. He's, like, right at the beginning. He's in, like, 30 seconds. He's just there. Uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt's apparently the voice that you hear in the house. <laughs> His smart house. <laughs> His smart house voice. I thought there was somebody else, too. I can't remember, though. But There's oh, a... Hugh Grant pops up. Oh, yeah, that's right. He's, like, with... Benoit. Yep. Yep. And it just has that one moment where he opens the door. Yeah, exactly. It's so random. Um, <coughs> so, yeah, Miles is upset that before the game even started, this detective solves it. And I think before the dinner or right after the dinner, Benoit kind of, like, lectures him about this whole premise of even putting the idea in these people's minds that... um to kill him, you know, like a murder mystery party where he dies. He's like, you're just asking for someone to kill you, Mm -hmm. you know, like you're a rich man. You can't be playing these games. Mm -hmm. And yeah. So, and Miles is like, Oh, whatever, you know, so kind of sore about it. Is it then right away the same night that the lights go out after the murder mystery? I don't think it, I feel like there's a little bit of time that passes, but I can't remember for sure. Yeah, I because can't then the men's right activist guy dies. Oh yeah, yeah. And that that's the lights go out. Yeah, he just like keels over. And then while well, he takes a drink uh-huh. and like just can't breathe, drops to the ground yep. and is dead within minutes. Yeah. And 
a few minutes after that, they realize he was drinking out of Miles's cup. Yeah. And his gun is gone. And that was what Benoit had said, was like, you know, you just put a loaded gun in a room full of people who want to kill you and turn the lights off, and then that's what happens. Yeah, that's exactly what happens. Um, and... They're all running around like crazy. Panicking. And then... They can't get the police there until, like, 6 a.m. the next morning when the tide goes out or comes in or yeah. whatever. So they can't get to the... The island. Pier. Yeah, the, the do- yeah. They can't dock the boat until the tide is high enough or something like that. Um, and um, so they're just going to have to, like, wait there with the body. Yeah. And everybody's panicking, and they start running around, I think. Yeah. I'm sure I'm missing things. Um, and then... Um, Andy is talking to Benoit, and she just gets shot. Yep. And it's at that moment that we rewind all the way back. Yep. And we find out that uh, Andy had a twin sister, Helen, Mm -hmm. who two days after her sister died, Andy being the sister, um, she was suddenly in possession of this invitation box that yep. was going to her dead sister. Yeah. And she can't figure out how to open it. So she smashes it open, mm-hmm. sees the invite, and then she goes to the detective and says, help me figure out who did this to my sister. Yep. So Benoit had lied from the beginning, yep. saying that he got a box in the mail, like, because this sister had come and given it to mm-hmm. him. And he asked her to <laughs> come with him mm-hmm. as her sister yep. to change her hair and wear her clothes. And pretend. pretend to be Andy. Yeah. Which, I don't know. At that point, I was like, okay, wait. Mm. Do I love this movie? Is this the best? Because <laughs> I was, like, n- not loving it, to yeah. be honest. Like, that first half, I was like, well, okay. I don't really care. Yeah. It's okay. It's fine. It's so different from the first one. I don't know how I feel about it, honestly. Right. And then when that happened, I was like, oh, this is fun. Mm-hmm. And Helen, from the second she comes on screen, is such an engaging character. Yes. She's so fun. She's just lovable. And, um... What is her name again? Oh, she's like a singer. Janelle Monet. yeah. Isn't she a singer? She's a singer. She did an incredible job. Playing both parts. Yeah. And, um... But anyway, so she's been in on it. He's been in on it. Mm Mm-hmm. And... We go through, I don't know, a good portion of the movie getting to current time. Seeing her point of view. Mm-hmm. And everything that happened and what they uncovered. And she's yeah. the one who's like, oh, it's like Clue. Yeah, yeah. And she's trying to, you know, spy on people, figure things out. Because they're trying to figure out who killed her sister. Yeah, it's got to be one of these people. Yeah, and um, so she's trying to piece together. And they're working together. Like they're, You see them pausing and talking in rooms together and, like, catching up and stuff. And... Um, so the question is, yeah, someone who, who kills her sister must know that she's not her or somehow she's back to life. So they're assuming somebody knows that. The whole reason for this was that everything that Miles has taken credit for, Andy actually created. Yes. And this was. that along the way. They came up with this plan at a bar called the Glass Onion. Yeah. So he has created this oasis on an island in memory of that and Mm -hmm. called it the Glass Onion. Yeah. Um, And so she had proof written on a napkin from the Glass Onion of her 
idea. Andy that, did, yeah, because yeah. they were in court and everything, and her friends were testifying against her mm-hmm. for Miles, even though they it, knew because yeah, they knew. Miles is the rich one and he's funded all their lives. Yep, and they want that to continue. Mm-hmm. So they sided with him over telling the truth. Yep, and that got Andy killed. Yep, and then. Um, so we flash to when Andy, not Andy, gets killed, mm-hmm. and we find out that her little pocketbook planner thing stopped the bullet. Helen. Helen. Right. Yeah. So she's okay. Yep. But they milk it for all it's worth and pretend she is dead to yep. further the plot. Yeah. And so so, well, I don't remember why exactly. It was, like, to buy her time to search something, mm-hmm. I think. I don't remember. She was looking for the napkin. Yes. The evidence. That's right. Because mm-hmm. Andy had found it. And emailed everybody yeah. that she had it. And so somebody had gone to visit her, kill her, and take the napkin. Yeah. Yeah. So she's trying to find that to prove everything. And then, I don't know, it's just a lot of chaos. It's a lot of chaos. We ultimately end up in the room with the Mona Lisa. They're smashing glass yep. everywhere. All the glass on you. Just yep. shattering. They find out that Andy's still alive. They find out Andy's actually Helen. Yep. I think somebody's like, oh, yeah, Andy mentioned she had a sister once, but we never met her, you know, and, um... Yeah, it's Kate Hudson. She's like, oh, yeah, you told me you had a twin sister. Oh. <laughs> I loved her in She movie. was a gift. Oh, what a ridiculous character. And, um, basically you find out pretty quickly that it is all Miles is doing. Like, he killed Andy. He killed Andy, but he's not he's not actually responsible for anything because he's a dumbass. <laughs> yeah, no, he's a he's a dumbass. He didn't build anything. He's just manipulated he's, everything yep. to get his fortune. Yep, and including killing Andy, including killing the men's right activist yep. guy with his own drink. And he didn't do the puzzle boxes. No. He's not he's just, you know He's a big dumb dumb. Stood stepped on everybody in order to climb to the top. Yep. And basically, he's like, well, what are you going to do about it? He burns the napkins so you don't have any evidence. Yep. He's like, you can't do anything. Oh, you know, there, and there goes all your evidence. That's when Helen gets mad and starts smashing everything. She starts smashing all of his then, expensive sculptures. Like, everybody helps her. Yeah, and then she has the brilliant idea to start a fire and uh, Destroy the Mona Lisa. light the Mona Lisa on fire as her ultimate revenge. And I think they do get evidence. I can't remember what that was at the end to put him away. I, I, do they? Or is he just the person responsible for destroying the Mona Lisa? Oh, maybe. I don't, sure. I don't remember what it oh, all no, was. Oh, no, it was the, the uh, fuel. Yes, yes. The, that, I think that's what it was because the politician lady mm-hmm. was also responsible for that. Mm-hmm. And it was toxic and polluting the air. Yeah. And they weren't going to be able to use it, but yep. if nobody knew, they could get away with it for a while or whatever. Yeah. And so she, she was like, okay, fine, because money. Yeah, that's right. So I think they had managed to uncover that. Yeah, because she like exploded his whole building by utilizing it, which was one of the fears of using that right. energy. Because it's unstable. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I don't know. It just kind of ends with them all, and the police are rolling up, and mm-hmm. they're all sitting on the steps, and she's and just... It's burning. It's, everything's burning, and she's just sitting there like the Mona Lisa. And it was, it was yep. such a fun ride. It was chaos. It was chaos. It was a delight, though. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I heard people criticizing it, like, um, what were they saying? Like, oh, this whole movie hinged on the, you know, identical sister twin trope. And I'm like, 
so what? That's part of the joy. Fun. Like, that was the best part. <laughs> I think that was the best part. Because, like I said, I, once we got to, like, we're just dramatically smashing all of the glass in this building. Yeah. I was like, okay. Yeah. It was such a ride. But up until that point, like, that, that middle part of the movie where we had the reveal that mm-hmm. Andy is Helen. And, yeah. Her whole story was super fun. I really enjoyed that actress. Yeah, I really enjoyed her and Blanc's dynamic. Oh, yeah. The fact that they were working together the whole time. And like I said, we started out with Benoit Blanc being the main character, and then she took over. Yeah. Did you see that coming? Because I never saw that twist coming. No, I was clueless. Like I said, as I was watching it, because I watched it on my own, Mm -hmm. and I got to that point, and I was like, oh, this is fun. Yeah. I can't wait to watch this again and Mm -hmm. see all the little giveaways along the way, you know? And um, then I watched it with you, and that's still, it's the best part of the movie. (laughs) Yeah, it is. And, like, I don't know, I I had assumed, the one thing I guessed, and it was just a guess, was that the rich guy would be the bad guy. Yeah, sure. I'm like, "Uh, he's setting this all up. Mm -hmm. I think he's the bad guy. Aww. What? You figured out the whodunit. I did. Good job. Did <laughs> that make you, guess. Did that make you like it more? I don't know, maybe. <laughs> uh, I just, like, assumed it was him. And, oh, did you see the, I don't know if I ever sent you any of those, the outfit that he wears in the flashback when you see them all at the bar as young people. Matt and Mercer. I said he looks like Matt Mercer. Yeah. It's the exact outfit that Tom Cruise wears as that crazy character in Magnolia, that movie. <gasps> Like, even down to the hair. Oh, yeah. With the little ponytail. Oh, I hate that. (laughs) Amazing. (laughs) Disgusting. I feel like that was, I think it's intentional. Probably. Because so many people pointed it out. Gross. (laughs) Isn't that great? (laughs) Oh, man. Oh, it's wonderful. But yeah, like I said, you can't go into it being like, I want more Knives Out. No. Because Knives Out, I think, was popular because it was such a vibe. Like I said, it's a November movie. I was going to say, because it's a November movie. It's a November movie. You're in this old house and whatever, whatever. This is, we're in the, on an island in the sun and it's goofier. Yeah. And it's funny and the characters well, are all wackadoo. And you, 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 you witness that more. Yes. I feel, I don't feel like, like the, the family in Knives Out they were all kind of wackadoo too, but yeah. we didn't spend as much time no, with them. No, we didn't. No, nope. we didn't know as much about them. We were just with the main girl, following along, trying to keep up, trying to survive. It was almost more of a thriller too. Yeah. I felt like like Knives Out had moments that felt like a thriller, mm-hmm. like when that woman's on the chair and she's like dying and yes. stuff, and you're like in the point of view of the young girl, just trying to survive. You're yeah. like, what's happening? Yeah. You are the victim to your circumstances. Right, right. Um, where that's not how this felt no, at this all. this was very much a murder mystery. It was still, you know, like, a younger woman who, you know, is... Which we didn't know until halfway through the movie. Yeah, getting her revenge on these people yeah. and truth's coming out and this detective's helping her. Like, that's a fun dynamic that's in both. But, like, the tones of the movie felt very mm-hmm. different. Yeah. So... I wouldn't go into this going, I want more of X. No. I would go into this going, like, I want a fun little murder mystery romp. And yeah. you're going to enjoy it, yeah. I think. <laughs> I think so, too. I loved it. <laughs> it was quite fun. Like, was I think ride. that's fair, because I I liked Knives Out probably better, mm-hmm. but it's really not fair to compare them, because no. they're such different movies. Yeah. Well, and even the detective, like you said, he really wasn't a big part, and he was kind of a goofy, like, southern guy. I mean, he was definitely a character, yeah. and he was supposed to be the best detective. Yeah. That's why he was there. 
Yeah. But he did, he felt more realistic in that yes, movie, whereas yes. this everybody is kind of a caricature yeah. of the character they're playing. He is definitely like goofier and more lovable mm-hmm. and more silly in this, and just more of a character. Yes. Whereas he was just kind of like, oh, the detective who was there in the background and then came in at the end, and you didn't really know if he was going to be on your side or not, if he was right. going to be a part of the problem or part of the solution. Right. that's true. And yeah, as much as he had a funny you know, what Kentucky-type accent, like, he he was more of a normal person, mm-hmm. or, you know, serious. I mean, we see him starting this movie in a bathtub playing yes. Among Us with Angela Lansbury and a bunch of other people on That's Zoom. <laughs> it is the height of 2020, apparently. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was, the COVID was a part of the backdrop, Yeah, where they were all in masks and, you know... Oh, can we go to this island? Which I'm sure was like a commentary on, you know, how rich people handle the pandemic in general. But <laughs> it was uh, it was quite fun. I, I enjoyed the movie a lot. And I thought the cast all did a good job. And yeah, I'll watch more. If there's more of these oh, yeah. Netflix I, Knives I, Out mysteries. I do hope they make him a recurring character yeah. in more movies, even I, if they're going to change up the genre. I think that's fun. I think it's so good. I highly enjoyed it. So, yeah, I don't know. Between those two, I would say Glass Onion was a more enjoyable watch than Amsterdam, but it does feel a little odd to compare them. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Even though they're both like murder mysteries and all star casts, like True. They, were, they were very, very different yeah. in tone. <laughs> yes. Oh gosh. <sighs> well, do you have anything else to add? No, I think I have spoken. I think I have too. Well, thanks for joining us. Uh we'll catch you again next time. Bye.